Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. Today we're in Psalm 65, but before we go there, let's go to God in prayer. Father, thank you for today and thank you for watching over us and the many blessings you've bestowed on us. Lord, I just lift up this time to you and just pray that I thank you that I get to come before you. It's been a while since since I've done this and recorded this. And so, Lord, I'm grateful to be back in your midst, talking to you and hearing from you and reading your word together. And Lord, I just pray for you to be the one that we hear, that it be your voice, your wisdom, your understanding that we gain. Nothing from me, Lord, everything from you. As we read this psalm of praise, I just pray that we would know how to apply it to our hearts and our minds and our spirits and that we would grow closer to you and to your will. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So 65 is really just, it's kind of just a prayer or a praise psalm. And let's go ahead and jump on into it and uh, we'll just go from there. Psalm 65 verse 1. Praise awaits you, our God in Zion. To you, our vows will be fulfilled. You who answer prayer, to you, all people will come. When we were overwhelmed by sins, you forgave our transgressions. Blessed are those you choose and bring near to live in your courts. We are filled with the good things of your house, of your holy temple. You answer us with awesome and righteous deeds. God, our Savior, the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas. Who formed the mountains by your power, having armed yourself with strength, who stilled the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waves, and the turmoil of the nations. The whole earth is filled with awe at your wonders. Where morning dawns, where evening fades, you call forth songs of joy. You care for the land and water it. You enrich it abundantly. The streams of God are filled with water to provide the people with grain, for so you have ordained it. You drench its furrows and level its ridges. You soften it with showers and bless its crops. You crown the year with your bounty, and your carts overflow with abundance. The grasslands of the wilderness overflow. The hills are clothed with gladness. The meadows are covered with flocks, and the valleys are mantled with grain. They shout for joy and sing. So, so often we were, we've been seeing David pleading for help. We've been seeing David crying out for God's salvation, mercies. But we also now are seeing him just praising God. God deserves our praise regardless of what the circumstances are. I know for myself, I'm struggling with a lot of different pieces. I've been really pretty sick. I traveled last week or the week before, whatever it was. Last Sunday, I took off and got very very ill didn't do a much for thanksgiving and um still you might be able to hear it in my voice i am not healthy and um yet it's still times for to praise god regardless of when it is and in this instance it sounds like everything is going well but it's also important to understand how to praise god or when when praises and how it can be given or sacrifices are made because there's good sacrifice and there's bad sacrifice. And it's interesting to me because in today's world, I don't really go with that. I don't understand that. But when we read 
something from Charles Spurgeon, one of his sermons. He writes about verse 1 and 2. He says, Praise awaits you, our God in Zion. For you, our vows will be fulfilled. You who answer prayer, to you all people will come. He writes, Upon Zion there was erected an altar dedicated to God for the offering of sacrifices. Except when prophets were commanded by God to break through the rule, burnt offerings was only to be offered there. The worship of God upon the high places was contrary to the divine command. Take heed to thyself that thou offer not thy burnt offerings in every place that thou seest, but in the place which the Lord has chosen in one of thy tribes, there thou shalt offer thy burnt offerings, and there thou shalt do all that I command. You see, God didn't want them just willy-nilly doing sacrifices. He wanted it to mean something. He wanted it to be at a specific location and in a specific way. Spurgeon goes on, Hence the tribes on the other side of Jordan, when they erected a memorial altar, disclaimed all intention of using it for the purpose of sacrifice, and said most plainly, God forbid that we should rebel against the Lord and turn this day from following the Lord to build an altar for burnt offerings, for meat offerings, or for sacrifices, beside the altar of the Lord our God that is before his tabernacle. He goes on, In fulfillment of this ancient type, we also have an altar. Wherefore, they that have, to, have no right to eat that serve the tabernacle into our spiritual worship, no observers of materialistic ritualism may intrude. So think about that. He's drawn the correlation between the sacrifices in the right place and obedience to now when we do worship, are we introducing materialistic ritualism? He goes on, they, may, they have no right to eat at our spiritual offer, altar, and there is no other at which they can eat and live forever. There is but one altar, Jesus Christ our Lord. All other altars are, impo- are impostors and idolatrous inventions. Whether of stone or wood or brass, they are the toys with which those amuse themselves who have returned to the beggarly elements of Judaism or else the apparatus with which clerical jugglers dupe the sons and daughters of men. So what he's basically saying is, there's only one sacrifice today, and that's Jesus. When we bring in and create our own altars, I know I do it. I do it on the altar of finances. I do it on the altar of process. I do it, oh, I have to say a prayer this way. I have to pray that way. I have to do these things in this fashion in order to please God or in order for him to hear me. In order for the Holy Spirit to guide me, I have to go and say a prayer in this fashion. For his wisdom to be installed upon me or instilled upon me, I have to pray in such a way. There is no other way. There is no other altar. There is no other way of seeking out God. It's through Jesus Christ. Our sacrifice of prayer, our sacrifice of obedience are only valuable upon the altar of Christ. And I think that's really where Spurgeon is going, is when we praise God, we need to praise him in the lens of Jesus. When we beg God, we need to do it in the lens of Jesus. Any other approach, any other introduction of something else for us putting our faith in 
is an abomination and it's and it's incorrect. It's it goes against the will of God. So with that, let's just go back to God in prayer. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the many blessings and thank you for your word. I just pray that you would be the one that we hear, that our hearts would be open to you. I pray for our families and our nation. I pray for your forgiveness where I know I've fallen so short. And Lord, I just pray that I'd continue to look upon your word, speak to you, and truly do your will and learn to love you with my whole being so that I can love my neighbors myself. Father, I pray for healing upon our land, upon our people. I pray for your mercies to be upon our families. Because, Lord, we need mercy right now. We need grace. There's so much out there that's not good. And I just pray we would rest in you and have the ability to just truly understand what it means to be your children and for the joy of the Lord to be upon us. Holy Spirit, guide us, I pray. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. I hope you have a great day.